Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you're tuning in from. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are all here with me today. Um, It's one of those shows, it's just you and me, so I hope uh, you'll enjoy today's show. Um, And we, we have a wonderful show talking about sort of an important topic, I think, about family and the role that family plays uh, in our development and in our life. Um, But of course, first, we'll have a little section from my book, Everyday Awakening. Um, And this uh, week, the section is entitled, Just Because We Feel Angry Does Not Mean We Have to Respond With Anger. There is a misconception about people who are kind, about people who normally don't get upset at others, about people who treat others with kindness and compassion. Even kind people get angry. Even kind people get upset sometimes. Even kind people feel like pounding the wall on occasion. The difference between kind people and those who are not as kind is that anger is not their default state of being, not their preferred way of interacting. They see the disadvantages of acting out of anger or rage, and they choose to avoid them. This does not mean they don't feel anger or get riled up. This does not mean they don't feel like fighting just that they look for a different way of expressing themselves, a more productive way, a way that can avoid the escalation of emotions. When anger is met with anger, it rarely rarely leads to a productive outcome. It rarely serves either person involved. And it often creates situations that can easily spiral out of control which leads us to make decisions and say things we regret later. It causes us to act in ways that once we calm down, we don't even understand ourselves. Of course, we all get angry sometimes. Of course, we all experience anger in our own way. Yet it is a conscious choice how we decide to respond to it or interact with people when we're angry. How we move forward with it is a decision. Not responding out of anger is the surest way to de-escalate matters. It is like putting water on fire. Things stop burning out of control and we can begin to talk more calmly and more rationally. Another person may still be angry. And we may be too, but this does not mean we have to be unkind or vicious. We can be compassionate both to ourselves and to the other person, no matter how we feel inside. We still have to deal with those feelings and release the energy. We just don't have to release it in front of the other person. Managing our anger, our angry feelings responsibly 
is what kind people do. Is there some anger you need to express? How can you release it without reacting in front of the other person? So this section of my book, I wrote a while ago, and I wrote it in response to somebody who was giving me a hard time because they didn't like that I didn't get angry or upset, or in their perception, I wasn't getting angry or upset. And I can't really say, well, I kind of sort of know where it comes from, but I can't say like there's any one incident in my life where it was like after that, that's it. I'm not going to express anger anymore. No, I get angry. I get upset. I lose my temper. I'm a human being. Absolutely. But what I've learned over the years and what I've observed is that when we interact with someone who's angry and we respond with anger on our side, it doesn't get any better. It only gets worse. Our emotions flare up. Our logical part of our brain shuts down. We act like it's a life and death situation. And we say things or we do things that later on we will regret. And why is that? Why does that happen? Well, it's kind of like when somebody is angry, they're on fire, right? We even have that expression, you know, oh, that person's really on fire. When you bring another person in and they're also angry, they're on fire as well. So what happens when you combine fire with fire? You get a bigger fire. Oftentimes it explodes. And it can hurt everyone, even bystanders. And so I have a tendency, I admit it, when I'm faced with anger, I find other ways to respond. Sometimes I try and just avoid it. I may walk away. Or I may stand there, face them, and just be very calm in my response. And what happens when you respond to an angry person calmly? Well, one of two things. The fact that we're being calm could actually enrage the other person more. Or... It's kind of like someone trying to push against a a bed sheet that's hanging on a clothesline. You try and push against it, and all it does is give way. And so pretty soon, there's nothing to push against. And when there's nothing to push against, then the angry person, they may get, get frustrated, but then they realize there's no point in being angry at this person. It's not doing anything, and they may travel on their way. 
Now, this does not mean if we're being attacked not to defend ourselves. And it does not mean that if somebody is doing something wrong, we don't try and stop it. It's not what this is about. This is about how we choose to respond to confrontation. Now, if you're like me, you don't like confrontation. Society in general trains us not to be very confrontational. We tend to be very non-confrontational. And that's okay. But there's a difference between having to respond to anger versus having to deal with a confrontation. Because if the person confronting you is confronting you with anger, you want to bring that temperature down. You want to cool off that fire. And you cool off the fire with water. And what is water? Water is our heart. Water is the connection between us. When we respond with more anger, we're not connecting with the other person. And when we respond with anger, we're not thinking very clearly. And when we're not thinking clearly, we are much more likely to do something that we're going to regret very much after it is over. I remember, I I can't remember exactly who said it, but I remember many, many, many years ago hearing the expression, I believe it's a Buddhist expression, that being angry at somebody else is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. When we get angry, when we embody anger, we're literally poisoning the cells in our body. The energy that we are holding and we are creating, it, it actually is not healthy for us. It actually works against us. And it causes us to have all kinds of problems. Now, this is very important. If we are holding the anger and we're not releasing it, that anger is going to eat up inside. Not responding with anger is not about holding on to our anger. It's about redirecting it. It's about waiting for an appropriate moment to express it. It's about letting it go in a way that's not going to harm another person or ourselves. It's about taking the high road. It's about being in a situation where you can see how angry and upset the other person is and realizing no matter how unjust you might feel it is, no matter how wrong you may think they are, it's about consciously saying, I choose not to respond with anger. I choose to respond in a different way. And there are many ways to respond to anger. 
doesn't only have to be with kindness. You can try responding with logic. That often doesn't work. You can try responding with understanding. You can try responding by just reflecting back to the other person what you're seeing in them and how they're acting. Gee, you seem really upset at this. I can tell this has you very angry. Damn right I'm angry. What is it about this that has you so angry? Allow them to talk. Allow them to let it all out. If we hold space for the other person to allow them to express their anger, but without taking that anger in, allowing that anger to roll over us and past us, once they finish releasing it and letting it go, then they won't be so angry anymore. That's when you can now have a conversation with them. Now you can talk to them. Now maybe you can find a way to find some common ground and resolve whatever the issue is that got them so upset to begin with. (laughs) So... Not responding with anger does not mean we're weak. Does not mean that we're timid. Does not mean that we allow ourselves to be bullied. Not at all. It's just a different choice. It's a way for us to choose how to control the situation. And if we let our anger control us, then we're not controlling the situation. And ultimately, one of the tools I use very frequently, when I feel myself getting angry, I ask, is this going to matter tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, 10 years from now, 20 years from now? 50 years from now, am I even going to remember this happened? I try and give myself perspective. Because oftentimes, we get angry at the littlest things that are so insignificant. And mostly, they're just not worth our energy. They're not worth draining our energy to get upset and angry over. Sometimes they feel really important. But if you pull it back and you just say, hey, will I really care about this that much 10 years from now? Will it make that big a difference in my life? Maybe that can help to pull the anger back a little bit. And oftentimes, when we're being triggered, when when there is anger within us, it's probably about something completely different. That's for another time. Anyway, so that's the section from my book. Just because we feel angry does not mean we have to respond with anger. And that's from my book, Everyday Awakening, which, of course, you can find at everydayawakeningbook.com. 
and that will take you right to our listing on Amazon. But if you're like me and you like supporting those small independent bookstores, please uh, find an independent bookstore and just if they don't have it in stock, just ask them to order Everyday Awakening. We're in major book distributors so any bookstore can get it. So um, time for us to, to to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to get into uh, the meat of our matter today, what our show is all about, which is the heartbreak of family. Really about how important family is and how family often breaks our heart and what that does to us, for us, with us, for the rest of our lives. So... Please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday right here on talkradio.nyc at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, Wednesday mornings, 10 a.m. on KMET out in Palm Springs, California. Hello to all my KMET fans. Thank you so much for tuning in every week. I truly appreciate you. And we will be right back in just a moment. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. Um, so let's dive into today's topic, the heartbreak of family. So why am I talking about this this week? Well, we're in that season, aren't we? We're here in the United States. We're getting into the holiday season. Uh, Thanksgiving is just a couple of weeks away. Um, and people are starting talking about family gatherings more and more. 
And I was also recently, a couple of weeks ago, was at a, a friend's birthday party, his 45th birthday party, and, and his parents were there, and it was good to see them and stuff. And I was just kind of reflecting on how important family is to us. And when I mean important, I mean important in terms of where we come from, how family shapes us, and how so much of our identity of how we show up in the world, it's all shaped by our family, our parents. But then when we look at our parents, we look at our mother and our father, what shaped their identity? Well, it was their mother and father. It was their experiences and their situations that they brought up. And so they're not an exact carbon copy of their parents. We are not an exact carbon copy of our parents. But that's where our biggest influence comes from. So actually, it's not just our parents. It's our parents, parents, our grandparents, their parents, their parents, their parents, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the way back. And this is one of the reasons why I really honor indigenous wisdom, because indigenous cultures have always, always talked about the importance of our ancestors. And in the modern world, we have a tendency to poo-poo it and to say, forget it and, and not really give much credence to what our ancestors did hundreds of years ago or even thousands of years ago. But the truth is, it has all shaped us. What our ancestors did thousands of years ago was handed down, modified, but handed down and handed down again, and handed down again, and handed down again, again and again and again, until it came to us. So when we're little kids, and we're just babies, our whole world is about our parents. Everything we learn and we model comes from our parents. From the the mother figure in our childhood. And again, being aware that sometimes the mother figure isn't a woman and sometimes the father figure isn't a man, or sometimes the mother figure isn't the mother and the father figure isn't the father with, with blended families and all kinds of things these days. It's a little bit more complicated than that. But one of the things, and I've talked about this in, in, in uh, an older episode from a few years ago, the mother archetype and the father archetype kind of represent sort of two different sides of our being, of our psyche, of ourselves. And, and the person who embodied sort of the mother archetype in our, and, and get sometimes it's the same person too, who, who embodies that archetype is about relationships, friendships, intimate relationships, communication nurturing those sort of aspects in our life, in our, in our personality and in our life. And the father archetype is normally about work, finances, money, our relationship to abundance, 
our relationship to achievement, things like that. And so when we look up how we show up with friends, with our partner, with our lovers, with our spouses, and with our siblings, a lot of that, not all of it, but a lot of that comes from our relationship to that mother figure, that mother archetype. So if we have a good relationship with it, if we have a loving relationship, we have pretty loving relationships in our life. We're pretty good with it. But if there's some tension, if there's some angst, if there's something in there that's out of whack, that's that's not really clean, then that's going to show up in our relationships. And things aren't going to be so clean for us with our spouse, our lover, our friendships, our intimate relationships, our siblings. Because we embody that energy that has been handed down to us from our mother and their mother and their matriarchal line and what they've experienced affects and informs how they brought us up, how they modeled how to be in the world for us. And so that's the model we follow because we just don't have any other model. Now, in some cultures, the uh, especially in, in poor families, the, the parents may give the kids over to the grandparents while the parents are just working all the time to make money. So sometimes it's the grandparents who act like the mother and father in those early formative years. Sometimes if it's a single parent family, whether it's a man or a woman, they have to take on both roles. Sometimes there's an aunt or an uncle who will also take on one of those roles. And so how we learn to deal with these different aspects that comes from our family. And this is why when you look at an individual and you look at the environment they were brought up in, their family environment, and what kind of relationships they had in their family, it always affects their other relationships. And so I, I say all this not to criticize our parents or our grandparents or our ancestors, but to be more aware of it, to allow it to inform our experience in a way that we can be more conscious of it so it doesn't have to control us. So that we can still be more of our own person and make our own choices. But if we're not aware of it, if we're not shining a light on those aspects of ourself, then we're acting unconsciously. Then those things are controlling us. We're not controlling them. 
And sometimes we just don't want to admit it. Sometimes we're ashamed of the way our parents act because we think they're so corny. They're so this, they're so that, they're embarrassing. Oh, why do my parents have to be like that? If we're embarrassed for one or both of our parents, then we're embarrassed for ourselves because they both live inside of us. And regardless of how close or not close your relationship is or was with them, that energy still lives on. So what do we do with it? So now we're a little bit aware. Now we may catch ourselves. Now we're a little bit aware. What do we do with it? Well, I'll tell you what to do with it when we come back in just a moment. So please stay tuned. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. This is one of those shows. No guest. You got just me for the whole hour. I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're getting something out of it. We're gonna, I'm going to dive in a little bit deeper right after this. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. So we're talking all about family. And I entitled the show The Heartbreak of Family, but, you know, family isn't only about heartbreak. Sometimes we get a lot of good stuff from our family. You know, I've been talking about kind of the energy that we take on from our parents. But sometimes we don't feel very connected with our family. 
and it could be, you know, whether it's our parents or our siblings. Sometimes when we're young, we feel more connected to our friends or someone else's family. I remember as a kid, I wasn't the only one. There were many kids who had said, you know, my friends are my family. And so if we look at what is it about these other people, what what were their qualities that made us feel like they're our family? It was something we were looking for, something that we felt lacking in. Now, mending the relationship with our mother and father is something we, we may not get to in while they're alive. But it's something we that if we strive for, that if we are able to face it as we do our own inner work, if we can truly learn to reconcile ourselves and our experiences to those of our parents, it will serve us greatly. It will serve our own sense of self-acceptance. Because our parents and our families, they're really reflections of who we are. And the more we antagonize those aspects of ourselves, the more we separate ourselves from those aspects of ourselves, the more we're not whole, the more we're not accepting who we are. And accepting who we are does not mean we have to live into the same patterns. But it's about accepting who and what we are and where we came from to shine a light on it, to see it clearly, even and especially the parts we don't like. So that we can begin the path towards becoming more whole. Because as long as we are separating ourselves, as long as we are making our parents wrong, we're making ourselves wrong. And as long as we're making some aspect of ourselves wrong, then we will never have the wholeness and the peace that we really want in our lives. So as I mentioned before, our parents... Who they were was informed by their parents and their experiences in life. Who we are is informed by our parents and the experiences in our life. And the, and the mother and father archetype inform different sides of ourselves. So what do we do with those sides of ourselves? Like maybe we don't have a great relationship with money because we didn't have a great relationship with our dad. Or maybe we had a, an abusive relationship with our mother. And so all of our relationships with other people tend to feel abusive. What do we do with that? How do we change? How do we shift it? The first thing is to recognize it. The second thing is to accept that that's the way it has been up until now. And then the third thing is to decide to make a choice 
of how we want to be differently. Now, sometimes that choice needs to be supported. Sometimes we need help, sometimes professional help. Seeing a therapist is always a wonderful idea to get a different perspective. And maybe it's not a therapist. Maybe it's a coach. Maybe it's an energy worker. What, or maybe it's some kind of teacher or mentor. Whatever works for you. But once we've made the decision that we want to show up differently, it's about following the feeling and catching ourselves. When that feeling feels like it comes from a very young place. Like, oh, when I had that argument with that person, I felt like I was a little kid being scolded by my father. And I hated how powerless that made me feel. Recognizing that. And being able to stop in the moment and take a breath. And say, you know what? I'm not that little kid anymore. I'm not powerless. And this is not my father. There's no reason for me to project that feeling onto another person. There's no reason for me to be angry with them. Going back to our little section from my book today. How can I respond differently? Just asking the question moves us in a different way. And look, the first time we try and catch ourselves, we may not catch it until five minutes after the fact or an hour after the fact. But the more vigilant we are, the more we try and pay attention to our patterns, to our behaviors, to that feeling, we come closer and closer and closer and closer and closer to catching ourselves. And then when we're in it, in the moment, and it's like, oh, This is that feeling. This is what I've been paying attention to. This is a habitual way I respond and it doesn't serve me. Hmm. Now we can stop when we catch ourselves right in the moment. And it's like, do I really want to respond this way? Do I want to live into this habit or do I want to change it? And then we have all the power in the world because then it is up to us to make a different choice and a different decision. And it's up to us to give ourselves what perhaps maybe we never got as as children. And maybe we never felt validated. We never got validation. So we have to give that validation to ourselves. Maybe we never felt like we measured up as kids because our parents put our siblings on a higher pedestal than us. So it's up to us to put ourselves on a higher pedestal and to raise ourselves up and to say, hey, it's okay to be me. And I'm not perfect. And I don't have to be perfect. I just have to be me. But to truly be ourselves, we need to be awake and aware and conscious of all the things that we're doing. Now, look, it may sound like it's exhausting work. It doesn't have to be. It can be a game. We can make it a game. And every night, maybe we... 
write in our journal and reflect on our day. And it's like, oh, I missed catching myself by 10 minutes today. Tomorrow I'm going to shoot for seven minutes. Oh, I, I did this today. And tomorrow I'm going to make sure I, I um, tomorrow I'm going to work towards catching myself so I don't repeat that pattern. It doesn't have to be work. It can be fun. It can be play. It just depends on the energy we bring to it. And look, just because there are sides of ourselves we are not so happy about does not mean that we're broken. And I really want you all to hear this. That no matter how detrimental the family environment we came from was, we are not broken does not mean we cannot be more conscious, does not mean we cannot make different decisions, does not mean we cannot improve and do better according to our own standards. But we are whole, perfect, exactly the way we are. And we can choose to be even better. We can choose to be more conscious. We can choose to shine a light on those areas of ourselves that we don't like looking at. And the funny thing is, we don't have to tell anybody else about it. I mean, if you're working with a therapist, you're working with a coach, you might want to share it. But we don't have to. We may want to, but we don't have to. It's all an inside job. It's all internal work. So nobody has to know what we're struggling with. And just because it's a struggle does not mean it's necessarily a bad thing. Struggle sometimes builds muscle. It it, it builds our strength sometimes. Now, when the struggle is too much and it's constant, over time it wears us down. So it's knowing where to put our effort and when to practice self-care, and when to take a break. Because if all we do is work, 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 work on ourselves, it's very easy to get caught in that trap where like, oh my God, there's so many problems. There's so much wrong with me. There's so much this. Oh my God, I can't take it anymore. No, that's not what this is about. Absolutely not what this is about. It's just about being okay with who we are and shining a light on it and truly getting to know ourselves because all knowledge and understands and understanding comes from knowing ourselves first. And when we know ourselves first, then we know other people. It's all inside of us. Mystics have been saying this for thousands of years. It's all inside of us. And the more we pay attention and the better we get to know ourselves, the more answers we have, the more we understand why people do what they do. Because they're human beings just like we are. So there was a key point for myself where I was able to reconcile with my parents, with internally with my parents. But I'm going to save that for this last segment. 
So I hope you'll stay tuned. I hope I'm not boring you guys. I hope this is interesting enough. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you for me, just for me, what was the key to really learning to be at peace with my family, with my parents? Excuse me. So please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour. We'll be right back in just a moment. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. to uh time to wrap this up so as i mentioned before the break there was a moment when i was really able to reconcile myself with both my parents with my feelings towards them i was fortunate i was able to do it before my mom passed but my dad passed many many years ago but it actually wasn't that important for me to reconcile it with them physically it was about reconciling my relationship with them internally and it was a challenging place to get to but i did eventually get there and it was that moment when i was finally able to see my mother and my father as a man and a woman not as just a mother and father Because my mother had a whole life before I was born. My father also, he had a whole life before I was born. 
they both had their own experiences, their own challenges, their own relationships with their mothers and fathers. And so when I was able to see them as just human beings, it finally sank into me that they were doing the best they could. And I could criticize them all I want. I could come up with all kinds of ways in which they they could have done a better job and could have done something differently. But the truth is, I don't know, because I didn't live in their shoes. I didn't live their life. I lived my life. I have no idea the pain, the challenges, the circumstances that they grew up in, that they lived through. I mean, I know some of the stories, but I don't know what it was like to be them. So when I realized that, when I was able to see that truly, like, and feel it in my body, then it was like a real sense of peace came over me. Then I was able to own my side of the relationship and honor them for their side of the relationship. So can I criticize them about things I did? Sure I can. Does it do any good? Not really. Because they couldn't do any differently than what they did. But the power is in me. The power is in you to do something different. Because if you're listening to this broadcast, if you're listening to this show, you're listening to it for a reason. There's some message in here that's just for you. And indeed, you can make a different choice. I can make a different choice. And we can make a different choice every single day of our lives. It's not that we're always going to be perfect. It's not that we're always going to make the quote-unquote right choice. But it's about making a more aware choice, a more conscious choice, a more intentional choice. So we may have heartbreak from our family. But it's our choice how we choose to respond to that heartbreak. And do we allow it to rule us for the rest of our lives? Or do we take it as a blessing? Do we take it as a lesson? Do we take it as something that can make us stronger, not something that tears us down? Can we learn to take the lessons we want to learn from from our parents and put aside the lessons we don't want to take from our parents. And when we see ourselves living into a pattern that comes, at least from our perception, from one of our parents, 
Can we catch ourselves? Can we say to ourselves, oh, I know where that comes from. You know what? Not today. I don't want to make that choice today. I want to make a different choice. And again, the kinder and gentler we can be with ourselves, knowing that this is not easy work, that it takes diligence, it takes practice, it takes integrating this way of being into our life. A lot of people won't do it. A lot of people will never even be aware of it. But that's okay. Because it's a path that we chose. It's a path that we have decided to walk upon. <clears throat> and like I said, if you're listening to this broadcast, it's because you've made a choice. Even if you weren't aware of this before, you're aware of it now. So what do we do moving forward? How do we live our life? Well, I would say start with how do you want to live your life? What kinds of choices do you want to make differently? What kinds of ways of being do you want to be different? How do you want to show up differently? Sometimes we don't even know how we want to be. We just know we want to be different. Let's start with defining who are we and how do we want to live our life? Let's come up with our ideal. Let's come up with the future us that we want to live into. We first have to describe it. We have to imagine it. We have to see it in our mind's eye. If it's just some nebulous goal, it doesn't mean anything. Are we more confident, more kind, more compassionate, more peaceful, more loving, more helpful, you know, more diligent? Whatever the characteristics are, list them out. This is the way I want to be. It's not who I am, but this is the way I want to be. This is the way I want to show up in the world. And just pay attention. Once we've decided this is the way we want to be, pay attention to when we are that way, reinforce the positive, and notice when we're not being that way. And when we're not being the way we want to be, well, that's a little clue for us. That's a little hint. That's a little thing to let us know that like, hey, it's time to try something different. So that's how we get started. It all starts with awareness. Starts with awareness, making a decision, taking action. It's a relatively simple process, but it's not easy. It requires vigilance. It requires desire. It requires a willingness to try something different, to be a little different. And so I hope that this is something that might appeal to you. I hope that this is something that might serve you. I hope that this is something that that lifts you up 
that actually makes you feel like, oh my God, like I can do this, that I can live a better life, that I can enjoy myself more, that I can have more peace, more fun. And I hope that it will serve you. And I hope that this perspective on family, this perspective on where we come from, it's not something, it's not something to use as a way of, of, of antagonizing ourselves from our parents or our ancestors are telling uh, or criticizing them and saying how bad they are. It's a way of honoring them. Because ultimately, all any somewhat normal parent wants is for their children to be happy. And so maybe we just start with that. And if you don't believe that your parents wanted you to be happy, it doesn't matter. If it's what you want, then it's something for you to focus on. So I guess that's what I have to say for this week. And it's to let you know that the heartbreak of family doesn't have to be a heartbreak. Because sometimes when the heart breaks, it breaks open. And maybe, just maybe, there's something that you've heard over the last hour or so that opens your heart to your family, that makes this holiday season just a little bit easier to get through. So that if you do have to see your family, and maybe you you don't usually look forward to seeing your family, maybe there's something about your family you don't really like, that you can be just a little bit more compassionate. And remember, they're just human beings bumping around, trying to do the best they can with what they have, just like all of us. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you, my loyal listeners. Without you, it's just not worth doing the show. Um, and if you missed any part of it and, and you want to catch the replay, you can always catch it on talkradio.nyc. We're also on all the podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio. We're all over the place. So look for the Conscious Consultant Hour. And if you can't find us, let me know. You can always reach me at Sam at talkradio.nyc. Thank you all for tuning in. And we will see you next week, hopefully with a very special guest. Um, I have to check my schedule and see who it's going to be. But we'll see you all. And we'll talk to you all next week. Stay tuned for all the other shows on the network. Thank you all. Love you. Take care. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 